Well, hello, internet friends near and far. Welcome to another episode of Parks and Conversation. This is a podcast where we talk about the classic NBC sitcom Parks and Recreation. And uh, my name is Jason, and I'm joined all the way across town by my friend Jeremy. Say hello, Jeremy. Hey, how's it going? It is going so well. It's it's Friday as we're recording this. We survived a Maypocalypse windstorm yesterday, and uh, we're doing great. Life is beautiful. How are you? I'm good. I'm I'm really really excited for this episode. Me too. Me too. Let's talk about it. You know, I think that's a great idea. Okay, let's let's converse. Let's do it. Let's We're looking at season, season four, episode three. It is called Born and Raised. And in this episode, Leslie, as a part of her campaign, has written a book. And she desperately needs Joan Calamezzo's approval, just like she needs everybody's approval <laughs> all the time. But Joan is the withholding stepmom of Pawnee. <laughs> I don't know. This got, but this, this got but this, mean. <laughs> I was just going to say this. This uh, approval comes with a sticker. It's a tangible approval. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I wish more people carried <laughs> stickers around. That like maybe I'll just start doing this. Yeah, I approve like, of you. <laughs> you have my wor- approval. <laughs> I'm, it's just going to say worthy. <laughs> just here you go. What is this? Well, if you have to ask, give it back. And then rip it up in front of them. You're never going to get one of these. Um, yeah. So she, yeah, we wrote have, like, a, pin, like we can have like pins or patches from all the people that like approve of us. Like, like we're, we're campaigning for some office, but really it's just life. Yeah. Like look at all the people that think I'm doing a, a good job. <laughs> Let's look at stickers as endorsements of, of myself as a person. Yeah. There you go. Endorsements. Yeah. And, yeah I'm endorsed by these other people <laughs> <laughs> and like, Oh, who are they? I don't know. But <laughs> Doesn't matter. this one was the barista at Starbucks. <laughs> They're like, hey, that was a really simple order. Thank you. It's like, hey, thank you. You almost spelled my name right. <laughs> I did get. I, I approve of you. <laughs> <laughs> I I have a very simple name, right? Jason. J-A-S-O-N. Jason. It is one of the least misspelled names for most of my life. Like I've never, like up until very recently, I've never had anybody ask me, how do I spell that? But I, I did go to Starbucks and I got the order and they put your name on all of them now. And because they've got the sticker machine that is a approval of your drink uh, <laughs> as for your order. And they spelled it J-A-Y-S-E-N. Oh, it was a Y. The Y is silent. Well, J just by itself has a Y in it. I get it. S-E-N. J-S-E-N. I was, like, yeah. I was just I was just mad. It works phonetically. It works ph- phonetically, but it's, I just. It's emotionally taxing. It, thank you. Uh, finally, I feel heard and seen. <laughs> I can't see you, but I approve. I approve. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. I, I'll wait for that sticker in the mail. All right. Uh, somewhere yesterday, my daughter was very, we, we, oh, we were, <laughs> we went to a Barnes and Noble. There's a new Barnes and Noble. So we had to go. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and we were walking by Zoomies. <laughs> she said, uh, Zoomies, they sell skateboards? I thought they only sold stickers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they sell stickers for the skateboards. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, they, they go hand in hand. <laughs> and she's like, oh, what if there was a store that only sold stickers? I'm like, that, that would be a fantastic thing. But I think that's called a kiosk in the mall. Right. But what, if, you, what if instead of 
the walls of the kiosk facing outward. You expanded it and those walls faced inward and on those walls were racks of stickers. So it's just a reverse situation, but a whole store. Hmm. What do you think? I like it. All right, let's uh, let's get to it. But uh, before we start that new business, let's talk about this episode of Parks and Rec. Uh, <laughs> it starts as Leslie is on the. Well, let me go. Let me go too far. First impressions of this this episode. Jeremy, go. Yeah. Oh, man. I I love this episode because, well, it's been a while since I saw it. And then there's a there's the A plot and the B plot and the B plot with Anne. Not to give anything away until we get there. But I thought I was like, oh, this one's that's right. This is kind of tedious. And, all this. and then the the punchline gets delivered for it, which I had kind of forgotten about or like, like the payoff. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is so funny. This is so well done. And so I, I just remember this whole thing being really funny and it it was again and then looking up on imdb at like an 8.2 or something i thought that was really low for how funny this episode was so um i i think this is a funnier episode than maybe most people give it credit for in my opinion my approval (laughs) sticker rating well i think your sticker should say underrated Mm -hmm. (laughs) like that's just the Jeremy sticker of excellence. You <laughs> give underrated. It, yeah, it just says underrated. And so <laughs> like, when you hand it over to people, they immediately think, Jeremy thinks highly of me. <laughs> yeah, because I can't do but a nobody positive. Nobody else does. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Mine, mine, wouldn't be, mine wouldn't be a positive sticker. <laughs> it's like this. It's like the offhanded, you know, negative sticker. Under, you're yeah. underrated. Yeah. Or it's a left hand, left-handed compliment. <laughs> exactly. You're underrated. Did you, or, did you know or, that you're not as good as everyone thinks? Uh, let me tell you. <laughs> or you're trying so hard. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're really doing it. Yeah. So this is, I, I agree with you. I think this is an underrated episode. I, I think it belongs in the nine realm. Wow. I think it's, it's that funny because uh, the whole Joan situation yeah. with her, with, I think Joan is in, a, in herself is a situation, but. Her show in this episode just goes into the stratosphere <laughs> with bizarroness, yes. uh, which I love. And then the other side, I think one of the reasons why you and I relate to this so yeah. well yeah. is because we are both married to nurses. And so Anne uh, is able to use the nurse playbook to foster a relationship or two relationships. And so, like, you and I have both been in situations where our wives tell stories that are just weird. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, like, yeah. So that's part of Anne's whole deal in this episode. So I think that might be why you and I can be like, yeah, I get it. I Mm -hmm. get it. So, um, and then also, anytime Ben and Tom are working together. Right. I think they... uh, those two characters partner very well together because they're so different. Right. And so I, I love that. So like the basic breakdown, there's, it all starts together with, um, you know, after the cold open, they all start together, but they all split off. So mm-hmm. it's kind of weird. Cause there's like the three plots in this episode, but they are all, um, like a branch off of, uh, off of a single, single tree that, so they all kind of work together, even though it's three different plots. They're all in league. So 
And I yeah. think that's one of the other reasons why I really like this episode too, is because they they do split apart. And I mean, I, I'm probably not going to add anything to what you just said, but it was planned that way. Like there's not just these random kind of storylines. They, they have their own storylines that they work together as their own side things, but they all relate back to the main idea. And that is Leslie trying to make sure that this book is factually correct. And mm-hmm. so everyone's everyone's working on their own things going. On. So I, I just think it's really cool because everyone has a a part to play in this in this book, you know, journey with Leslie. Yeah, yeah. So well, it's great on on taxpayers' money, but you know, whatever. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Ron, who is the super libertarian, who doesn't believe in any kind of taxes, still has no problem taking the money that taxes pay for his salary. Sure. <laughs> so anyway, Ron, full of hypocrisy. Um, all right, let's uh, jump into this because it starts in oh, uh, one of my favorite character introductions in the whole series as well. Derry Murbles, as Leslie is um, going on a press tour of Pawnee, which is a much too small town to have so much media. But whatever, we've gone over it. Uh, it's she's on a press tour to promote her new book. Pawnee, the greatest town in America. And she's going to the Pawnee Community Radio, which is essentially a parody of NPR. Have you listened to a lot of NPR in your life? No, not really. I know of it, but not, I don't, I don't know. Have you? Uh, Yeah, I enjoy NPR, um, partly because it is so weird. And the introduction, <laughs> the setup for how the shows are introduced, like we were watching a documentary on PBS, which is NPR for TV. And uh, it has all those foundations and stuff. Mm-hmm. This, this, this American experience has been brought to you by, yeah, da, 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 da. they do the same thing on NPR. And I love the, the, the foundations that are supporting Pawnee Community Radio. The Wendell G and Muriel... Fath Wright Corbin <laughs> Foundation and Sudim's Cares, a nonprofit group that puts umbrella hats on homeless people when it rains. That's <laughs> so great. <laughs> and we'll learn more about Sweetums in the coming years, uh, coming years, coming episodes, um, and their Sweetums Cares Foundation. Um, but that sounds exactly like they set it up for how awesomely terrible the foundation will be in the future. Um, with they put umbrella hats on homeless people when it rains. I love that. <laughs> so uh, when it rains, you know, not not beforehand, not when people need it. Mm-hmm. Just only yeah. when it rains. I just, just yeah. thought that was funny. They're going to wait for the rain, and then right. they go then. and find the homeless people, and they put the hats on them. And then as soon as it unrains, <laughs> they <laughs> take them back. <laughs> you you mean stops? <laughs> I mean what I mean. <laughs> I mean. What I mean, I have the toes I have. Uh, so, and then we meet Derry Murbles filling in for David Parker, who took off for eight months to study the migration patterns of our nation's squirrels. We have not seen him since. And uh, again, that's another element of NPR where it's like, I'm Ari Fleischer. I don't know if that's a guy. And I'm filling in for so-and-so on morning edition. And like this fill in, fill in culture, the foundations, everything about it just made me laugh so hard. And I love it. Um, and Derry Murbles is, is that the, is that the, is that the yeah. opposite of cancel culture? Fill in culture. <laughs> yeah, probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I would, yeah, <laughs> let's go for it. 
I'm I'm anti okay. I'm anti cancel culture. I'm pro fill in culture. So, um, <laughs> Derry Mer- Derry Merbles is played by the same person who does the voice for Homer Homer Simpson on The Simpsons. Same guy, um, Frank something. Uh, we close all of our our internet tabs because the yes internet is dumb. Um, but thank you, internet, for distributing this podcast. Castellanata. Also is, yeah, he also does the voice for Barney and Krusty, among many others. Yeah, the Simpsons cast is small but robust. They, a lot of them do. Yeah, Hank Azaria. Yeah. Hank Azaria is no longer voicing Apu because uh, they realize how offensive that is. Um, So that's good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But um, yeah, so (laughs) Leslie is promoting this book, Pawnee, the Greatest Town in America. And she's running for office, right? And normally when people run for office, they write a biography of themselves. But Leslie is not that way. And so she wrote a book about the town. And it's not just any book about, it's not like a boring historical thing. It's like her life and her journals and everything that goes into it. Um, And even as she's talking about it, they had people contribute different things, added pictures, and they removed a lot of her poems and emotional ramblings and pictures of unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> All of this stuff that she would have put in, they took out because editors are a blessing to everybody. Um, and uh, yeah, so so she's promoting this book. And I love Derry's description of books, uh, which is Leslie could once say that a book is nothing more than a painting of words, which are the notes on the tapestry of the greatest film ever sculpted. <laughs> Derry is so great. One could say that, but should one. Um, and I love his mixing of metaphors and everything. It's so good. Uh, and then as they're leaving, uh, they uh, he's signing off saying, join us next week for David Biancoli, who will be filling in for Richard Chang Jefferson, who will be filling in for me. <laughs> so coming and going, <laughs> there's filling in all, all over. So, um, yeah, so good. So good. And uh, then uh, it cuts. So credits come come back to the office and Ron starts off by saying, usually I only read nautical novels and my own personal manifestos, <laughs> but I'm proud to make this exception talking about Leslie's book. Um, and so she's given everybody copies. She's uh, asked everybody to buy extra copies um, and she signed everyone's as well. And for April's um, she signed she wrote seven pages, like a really young, long yearbook note, uh, which, um, you know, cause she started thinking about April as a woman and got carried away. And then Jerry's just says, get well soon. <laughs> and she, Are you sick? <laughs> aren't, aren't you sick? Yeah. <laughs> so, and then he's like, no, but well, something's off. <laughs> oh, so just Jerry. Yeah. So good. Uh, and then, um, Chris comes in and he's like, Leslie, I loved your book. And she's like, I just gave it to you. He's like, I'm a speed reader. I can read 3000 words a minute, total comprehension. Um, and so, uh, yeah, so he's already read the book and then, um, yeah, so people are really excited about it. And then Tom comes in and he starts giving away 720 pillowcases for your pillow. Uh, and it says on there, never stop dreaming. And then, and Tom quotes like that's quoted to him. Never stop dreaming. And Chris Traeger <laughs> responds, I never do. So like this, this pile of positivity of Chris Traeger is wonderful. So um, pile of positivity. 
is there is there a different way to describe Chris well, Traeger? I don't, I don't know. Like, well, yeah, but I just a pile of it just it seems so sad and sloppy. Like I just think like a, a structure of positivity or a, a monolith of positivity. Nah. Pile of like pile of sadness. No, I, I think it's a pile of positivity because a pile you don't know how spreads, to organize. Spreads everywhere, right? Yeah, it just goes just everywhere. Like, this is unorganized. I can't stop it. But there's a lot of it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So kind of like my office. It, it says like a lot of stuff. I, I, I'll organize it eventually. That's how I feel about Chris's positivity. So um, so Leslie has to go because she needs to be on Pawnee today. And she is trying to get her book selected for Jones Book Club. Um, and Ben is, of course, shocked by the fact that Joan Calamezzo has a book club. Um, and the first, the most recent example that Leslie gives is the time travelers optometrist <laughs> by Pawnee's own Penelope Foster. Uh, and, uh, it's terrible, but as soon as Joan put her sticker on it, it became a bestseller. So, uh, <laughs> so Leslie really wants that sticker and Tom tells her like, there's an anonymous tip that there's a factual error in the book, which then immediately just spends spins Leslie out of control because she knows she's going to go on the show and Joan is going to have one of her gotcha moments. And, uh, and <laughs> Leslie's response is, well, she's not going to get me, uh, which is also, uh, not a word. Um, and so she's like, all right, we're going to have to figure it out. We're going to have to find <laughs> all of the, uh, the, uh, uh, any factual inconsistency or error and Chris just says, I found no in inaccuracies because he's a speed reader. So he just read through the whole thing again. Um, and so they divide up to find the different uh, different things. And this is where the, the tree branches off. So uh, Jerry is going to go town to town looking for every single detail uh, for people who live outside of town and seeing if everything, if there's any errors there. And Jerry's on it and he goes. Um, Ron, April, and Anne are going to work together, and they're going to read through the book. Um, and then uh, we have Leslie and Tom, and uh, does Chris go with him to Joan's show? I feel like Chris goes, but maybe, yes. maybe not. Yeah, Chris does go. All right. Yeah, he does. Uh, uh, so they're going to go and be on Joan's show. So let's focus in on the Anne story. because. It, it's pretty simple, right? Anne's whole goal is to try to get Ron and April to have a like five minute conversation with her. That's it. And uh, and they have no interest in doing that <laughs> at all. And so uh, she Anne comes in like, hey, ready to do some fact checking? Uh, and they're just like they grunt at her. And so as that is going on. And as end is trying to make these conversations happen, um, there's several different scenes. They come back to her and she finally realizes that the best way to get them to talk to her is by um, telling a gross nursing story. Which always works in Anne's experience. <laughs> um, and I'm going to scroll down on my notes to the the payoff of the story to where it, like they're really hooked in. Um, and so, uh, and comes in is like, I took a half shift at the hospital last night, had a really weird patient. 
It's the grossest thing I've ever seen. Um, and Ron's just like, talk, <laughs> like, tell me more. Uh, well, this guy came in, he got his hand stuck in a Pringles can and he tried to cut himself out. And April's response, was there a lot of blood? <laughs> Ron's response, what kind of blade did he use? <laughs> Uh, and it's a uh, three and a half inch serrated buckets of blood. He passed out, oh, passed out over his arm and slumped onto the floor. And April's like, did the bone show? Ron, very good question, April. Answer her. Yes, <laughs> the bone showed. Uh, everyone in the universe loves gross medical stories. So Anne's using this for her, um, her, her whole thing. And then cuts back after the talking head. Uh, boom, I win. Um, so no, after the talking head, so when I finally cleaned up the vomit, I found the toe and April's like, I forgot about the toe. <laughs> <laughs> so did we crazy, right? That story's awesome indeed. And thanks for sharing, Jenny, Ron says. <laughs> uh, and Anne was and then because the talking head and, and Ron's like, Anne was getting a little chummy. And when people get too chummy with me, I like to call them by the wrong name to let them know that I don't really care about them. And April's in the room with this talking head. He's like, that's a genius move. Thank you. You're welcome, Lester. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so that's a fun, like, C plot of the story with Anne and Ron and April. Um, but I love how it comes back. It's like when I cleaned up the vomit, I found the toe. <laughs> I forgot about the toe. So, it's a great, uh, great transition into any story, like, to cut off of, like, from that talking head to, I just love that. That was such well, well written, <laughs> uh, scene change. So, um yeah so uh so they go on to the show um scrolling back up in my notes fast forward time machine time travels hard um so they go to uh jones show and uh leslie is um pretty excited she's trying to win joan over um ben trying to win joan, joan over and uh ben uh meets her and and he's like, she's introduced himself, Ben Wyatt. And we've met. And Joan's just like, I don't think so. <laughs> I was on your show. So Joan is the worst. Um, and then uh, Tom is like, I'm trying to get my girl on this this sticker, trying to get this for your book club. And can I do this? Because And then text cuts to a talking head. Like, at the risk of bragging, one of the things I'm best at is riding coattails. <laughs> Behind every sec- successful man is me, smiling and taking partial credit. <laughs> so he's trying to help. Leslie get this because it'll be good for entertainment 720 because that's a business that does something. Um, so far, nothing, but eventually they'll do something. Um, so Tom's like, at least, Am I Tom, be at least Tom knows how terrible he is. Oh yeah. He, he gets it. He's, he knows that he's not producing anything in this world except for things with his logo on it. Uh, never stop dreaming. I never do. Um, yeah. So Ben is like, uh, Tom's like, can I, am I going to get this sticker? Is this going to work? And John's just playing hard to get. Um, and then, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so still no, um, mistakes found. And then they cut, cut to the show and Jones, uh, is starts in, interrogating her and is like, you're a real native of Pawnee, aren't you? And Leslie's like, yep, I was born and raised here. And I literally, I love the town so much. I literally wrote the book on it. Uh, and Joan starts holding up the book and the sticker. And it's like, I have it right here. I also have this sticker. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. Whichever, when this, when this sticker is applied, it legally determines the newest selection of Joan's book club. Uh, and like, she's playing hard to get with the book and the sticker. Um, and Leslie is over to the side. Just like, come on, just do it. 
just put the sticker on it. Just stick it. Uh, and Jones like, I can't do it. I have a, I have a tip that you were not born in Pawnee. Uh, and Leslie is shocked. And then Jones says, gotcha. And because you lied about it, we cannot make this the book club selection. Um, and then uh, <laughs> it's like, I have to tell you, this feels like gotcha journalism. And Jones like, in what way? You put this giant gotcha stick like on my face on the screen behind me. And it's so like, yeah, it's so great. And then they, she's like, we'll take calls. We're going to speculate wildly about where we think <laughs> Leslie was, was actually born. Um, and then, and then to keep it even more out of control, the gotcha j- dancers show up and they start dancing in front of all of this. All this, the whole show is totally debased and totally out of control. Um, and uh, the, the music, the lyrics are so good. Betcha thought you'd get away with ya, but you got caught, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Chris, Betcha I- thought you'd get away with ya, but you got caught, didn't you? <laughs> And Chris loves it. Like he just loves the energy. I think he's like, yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's like, he says like that was despicable. I was horrified at her tactics, but that show was pretty lively. <laughs> <laughs> pretty lively. Don't Joan gotcha. <laughs> so it's catchy, um, very catchy. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, then they split up again to uh, Leslie and uh, Andy are going to investigate. A little bit more. Ben and Tom are going to try to convince Joan to get the sticker. So now we have another fork in the 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 quest here as they the party keeps splitting up. And Andy is so excited because um, now he has an opportunity to resurrect Bert Macklin and even cuts to a talking head. You thought I was dead. So did the president's enemies. (laughs) So, uh, so it's got to protect, the, it's protect the, the, the president's jewels. Yeah. The president's rubies. Rubies. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. So then it cuts back to, and in the, the gang talking, uh, and, um, and basically saying like, I'm going to stick around. I'm going to try to get that, that small talk. Um, so cut, cuts back. Leslie left with Andy and Joan. Um, comes out as like, did Leslie leave? We really wanted to sign her to the, the gotcha wall. <laughs> and uh, so Tom is like, come on, please. Can we get that sticker? Um, and <laughs> this is where Joan says, sorry, I am first and foremost a journalist, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which In- is integrity. Got to have integrity. Yeah. So, um, so then she's like, why don't we go out to lunch? Uh, let me go change into something more tantalizing. Um, and so Ben is like, we're now we're going to lunch with her. And, uh, but Tom's just like, I have to help Leslie. You're, and he even says to Ben, like, you're the one who told me that businesses in client in, in quotes need clients in quotes to get money in quotes. And Ben's like, I was the first one to tell you that. <laughs> so, um, so, and Tom's not worried about it because Joan flirts, but she's, she's married. And so it's like, there's nothing's going to happen. It's just Joan being Joan. Um, but then they get to lunch and they find out that Joan is no longer married. And then she begins to get really, really drunk. Um, and uh, as she is getting more and more drunk, she co- starts flirting more and more with Tom uh, and uh, making everybody in the world uncomfortable. And uh, yeah, so that's a real, real gross thing that happens uh, with, with Joan. Um, 
Is it all right if we follow that track? Oh, sure. Keep going. Okay. All right. So, um, so uh, she gets so drunk that they, uh, she's like, I'm going to take you guys back to my house. <laughs> and like, she wants to like hook up with Tom and Tom's like, you got to help me. You got to like, turn her down, turn her off. I don't know. Talk about something nerd culture or like star Wars or something. Um, and this is where Ben, uh, is like, you know, nerd culture is mainstream right now. So when you use the word nerd derogatorily it means that you're the one out of the zeitgeist to which Tom says, yes, that's perfect. Just like that. <laughs> Be incredibly boring. Um, and so it doesn't work and it cuts back to another story, but then comes back to, uh, the, the, uh, the restaurant and, um, <laughs> Joan is standing in the restaurant singing to everybody. This one's for the boys. <laughs> <laughs> Just like totally out of control. Um, and then uh, they like she passes out and they take her home and um, her her, uh, her place is the creepiest, grossest place ever full of like uh, tantalizing photos of Joan posing you know, in lingerie and stuff for herself. I don't know who, who is, uh, uh, approving of this. Um, and so they, they take dr- drunk Joan home, they lay her in bed and Ben is like, or Tom Ben's like, I, we got to get out of here. This is the weirdest place I've ever seen. And Tom's like, I just want to see how soft these sheets are. <laughs> <laughs> and then she moves around a bit and they like, ah, get out of here. We left some water and asked for by the bed and they run away. So, <laughs> um, so that's, uh, Ben and Tom's journey which is a failure. They are not able to convince Joan to put the sticker on the, uh, put the sticker on the book. So now we've got, uh, Andy and Chris and Leslie, and they're trying to figure out what are we going to do, um, to, uh, begin this new, to, to get this all scored away. And so part of the thing is they have to find the birth certificate. And so, and this was just so great because we went through years of people wondering if one of our elected officials was actually born in this country. Um, yeah. And so learning about long form uh, birth certificates and short form, all kinds of things like this is a real struggle. And so um, as she goes from Joan's place, she goes to a book reading at a Barnes and Noble and uh, the, the people start questioning, like, where, where are you really from? Um, and you, like you, you could have been born in China. You're hiding something. You should go back to where you came from. I, and Leslie's response is, I am back where I came from. <laughs> that sentence was confusing. Um, uh, so, um, yeah, so the book club, the bookstore reading goes downhill fast. And, um, and then they go also then to the, um, talking to her uh, what are they campaign managers, right? Elizabeth and William. And they're like, we did a flash poll. So this is a thing that happened in like 20 minutes. <laughs> we did a flash poll. 68% of Pontians now believe you're lying about where you were born. And then Leslie's reading is like 13 believe I'm crazy eyed. <laughs> Um, so like I don't know why that's that came part, up in the poll. That's the part that bothers her the most, though. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, but in the poll, the pollster has control over the questions and responses, right? Like they're right. They're right in. They're right in responses. 
Oh, you think those were write-ins? Yeah. 13% wrote in. She's yeah. crazy-eyed. Uh-huh. <laughs> totally. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so, uh, so Leslie hands over her, you know, her, the birth certificate she has. And like, that's not good enough. It says you were born in Wamapoke County, but we need the long form. And so then she's like, she has to go to Eagleton to get the original long form certificate, which is not something anybody looks forward to uh, because Eagleton is the land of rich snobby jerks. And there's a whole chapter about it in her book. Um, And so they go and uh, they meet Alexis who's working at the front desk. And uh, she's like super chipper and cheery. And Leslie's just like, take it down and not not Alexis. Um, And just like, I need a copy of my birth certificate. And she's like, it takes three to eight weeks. Uh, and, and Leslie's bummed, but then Chris, handsome, handsome, Chris comes up and says, hi, I'm Chris. I'm wondering if you might make an exception for me. And Alexa says no, because she's from Eagleton and everybody's pretty in Eagleton. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Chris has no power there. He's like Superman on Krypton. Like Kal-El is just like everybody else. <laughs> uh, so, cause he's under the red sun of Krypton and not the yellow sun of earth. Right. And so now Eagle in Eagleton, Eagleton is Chris's red sun planet. Um, so, so he can't get it. And Chris is just like, that usually works. Uh, so, um, they start to leave and she's like, I really need that birth certificate. And I was like, wait, I got it. Bert Macklin is on the case. And so he then like jumps over the counter, uh, to get it. And then comes back. He's like, Hey, wait, how do you spell your last name? <laughs> uh, so, um, so then, time passes and he comes back out with the uh the birth certificate he's like i got it i got it and also this briefcase it was just laying there i kind of panic move i just took it <laughs> and uh chris is like i believed in you but you should totally put that back so he just throws it over the counter um which is great and so leslie's looking at the thing and is like leslie barbara nope born january 18th to robert and marlene nope in eagleton indiana oh no commercial break and everybody had to wait. What's going to happen? <laughs> Is Leslie going to like just end it? What's going to what's can she go on moving, living, knowing the fact that she was born in Eagleton? And then it comes back. Leslie going in to see her mom. Is it true, mom? Was I born in Eagleton? And she's like, yeah, the hospital was overrun with raccoons. <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> so, Always. If there's ever a problem, it's like, you know what? Raccoons. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and nobody like, she doesn't seem like it was a, like it was unusual enough to have ever told her daughter the hospital was overrun with raccoons. Um, I'm just going to start using that from now on. How come you're late? Raccoons. Yeah. Raccoons. Every time the pizza's burnt raccoons. Yeah. They, they were using their little grimy hands and messing with the temperature controls. You forgot to pick up the kids at school. Raccoons. It was, I thought it was their turn. (laughs) <laughs> yeah see it works every it works. time yes every single time uh and so you know leslie is like why didn't you tell me and marlene's like what well, does it really matter does it really matter you were technically born in eagleton who cares and leslie's like i care the people of this town care and i went on pawnee today and i called joan a liar <laughs> uh and uh and so she's really upset and she doesn't know what to do about all of this um and she and, and she's a liar and she's 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 worse than a liar. She's an Eagletonian. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. So the truth is all coming out, and it is not good. Um, and e- even thinking through this, as she like the next day, she's like, "I wonder who else was born in Eagleton." 
Voldemort probably. <laughs> um, so, um, then, you know, Tom comes in after his failure with trying to convince Joan is like, look, E720 wasn't able to get the sticker. Uh, and Leslie's like, the sticker is the least of my problems. This is, I, I'm probably my political career is over. Um, and Ron's like, you don't have to tell him anything. The vote, all the voters need to know is your name. And I even go back and forth on that. <laughs> uh, and then this is where Chris is so helpful. He said, Leslie, where you're born is a piece of trivia. Where you're from, that's what makes you who you are. And you are from Pawnee. You're more Pawnee than anyone Aww. I know. And, um, and so that is like such a great truth. Where you're from, where you're born is trivia. But where you're from makes you who you are. And I love that. And um, so they go back to Joan's show. And uh, Tom says, thanks. And Joan's like, thank you uh, for getting me home last night. I wasn't feeling very well because of some bad seafood that I ate. <laughs> and Beth's like, yeah, that's probably what it was. Yeah, that's, um, that's what so, it was. Yeah. And so Leslie is like, I'd like to apologize to those I misled. I thought I was telling the truth, but sadly I was born in Eagleton. And Joan's like, what? That's worse than I could have ever hoped for. <laughs> um, and so then she repeats Chris's line, you know, like, it's not where you're born, it's where you're from. And then she starts to talk about, like, when I was nine years old, I broke my arm, sliding off a giant hill behind, behind Kirsten's rubber nipple factory. You know, <laughs> nipple hill. Of course, Joan says. <laughs> of course. Um, and, you know, and then she's talking about all the different things. And then she points at the producers, like, and Jim, Jim Kabernick. I know Jim. Jim and I have gone to school together since, what, we were like three years old. Yeah, it's true. Do you remember when you peed your pants in, in second grade? And he's just like, why did you bring that up? I said, yes. <laughs> so, um, and then she keeps going off on that. And like, we called you the gerbil because you always smelled like soiled wood chips. Uh <laughs> But all the bona fides to say, yes, I am from here. Um, and to, like, she loves the town. She always has. She always will. That's why she wrote the book. And that's why she's running for city council. Um, and Pawnee is not one of these big cities, but it's a great place to live and work. And serving the goofballs in this town is an honor and a privilege. So, yeah. And um, yeah. So she uh, was so excited to be a part, like to get it all squared away. She has a great line now, like this is where I'm from. Um, and, and then she starts reading from her book. There's a talking head reading from her book. Um, and yes, every town claims it's diners. Waffles are the best in the world, but somewhere in some town, there really are the best waffles in the world. So delicious and rich and golden brown that anyone who tasted them would decide never to leave that town somewhere. Those waffles exist. Why can't it be here? And that's that is the big selling point for Pawnee JJ's Diners. And then Joan eventually puts the book in the book club um, and it's all things are all good, all happening. Um, and it's wonderful. She wins. The credit scene is fantastic. Where Jerry just comes in to the office and basically says, look, I've been all over the state. Uh, I cannot find any of the any errors. I've interviewed all the people you mentioned, and so far, not one incorrect fact. So I'm going to go home, say hi to Gail, uh, wish my daughter a happy belated birthday. It was yesterday, and then I'm going to head back out and hit the towns in the southeast. Anything new I should know? Unless it's like, uh, no, you're doing great. And he goes out, and um, <laughs> everybody in the office is just like shocked that Leslie didn't say anything, and she's just like, he seems so happy. Um, and so that's the episode. The end. I want waffles now. 
Yeah. I love waffles and uh, yeah. What's bacon in, inside? Ooh, waffles with bacon inside. Hmm. That's a good idea. Yeah. You know, if I, um, you know, having wrapped up all of the credit scene and everything and now talking about waffles, um, if there were a pizza breakfast, like a breakfast pizza, why not use a waffle base as the crust? Uh huh. Convince me. Like, is that not crazy? Like, am I crazy thinking like waffles, uh, your sauce is syrup. You put some eggs, some cheese, some bacon. You've got breakfast pizza. I'm for it. Okay, cool. And I'm it's not even just that. for breakfast. I, I think it could be for any meal and snack. <laughs> Why not? There's nothing keeping us from really exploring the, the waffle pizza whole world. So, yeah. So that's uh, that's the book club. That's the book club of destiny. Born and raised. Leslie's an author now. And uh, she loves this town. So any other thoughts, anything that uh, stood out that you missed that maybe we missed or people need to hear about from your perspective, Jeremy? What what the stuck? Hmm? That's what I would call the sticker store. What, what, the, what, st- the, what the stuck? <laughs> All right. Yeah, good. Good, good, good. Other than that, no, that's that's pretty much it. Perfect. Well, um, yeah, listener, if you uh, are listening to this whole episode and you're like, that seemed like an abrupt transition at some point, <laughs> it's probably because it was there. Were, yeah. we, we are overcoming many adversities. Some people uh, have challenges um, that of which, you know, not. And uh, one of the challenges that we had today was the Internet was stupid. And so, um yeah, so if there's any rough transitions, please forgive us. But I do want to respond. Uh, we got an email from uh, a listener named Matt, who also has a podcast called uh, Comedy Night Podcasted Right. And uh, this came through our our podcast server people, Fireside. This is not an ad for Fireside, but Dan Benjamin, who owns Fireside, listen I would totally endorse your, your product, uh, fireside.fm. It's fantastic. Um, but Matt, who does Comedy Night Podcasted Right, wrote to us, said that he just discovered our show and he's loving it. And, you know, our audio quality is great. So I hope he's still listening and I hope that's still true. Um, but he has a podcast of his own, Comedy Night Podcasted Right, where he talks about the weird and wonderful time where NBC aired new episodes of Community, Parks, The Office, and 30 Rock on the same night. So he's going, it seems like he's going week to week, just talking about that Thursday. And so he goes through the time frame over the week, discuss the episodes, talk about what else was going on in the world and on TV and dump on NBC for not giving these shows more of a chance. What a great idea for a podcast. So Matt, thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, I, I will uh, add it to my, yeah, I'm going to add it to my podcast uh, queue and uh, I would encourage others to do so likewise as long as it doesn't take you away from listening to this podcast that's my only request if you have to choose between Matt and Parks and Conversation you know the right choice anyway <laughs> that's that <laughs> so uh, Jeremy I hope you're still around but if you're not fare thee well and uh, listener it says here on my little computer device that Jeremy is offline. 
So fear not, he is well. And I hope you are well as well and not in a well of internet terribleness. So I will talk to you all later. Enjoy, enjoy your life. (laughs) I don't know how to end this now. Bye. The Golden Years.